The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you interested in changing a part of your life? Whether it's finances, relationships, reducing stress, or just personal health, sometimes just changing a few small things can bring great rewards. Welcome to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wadwa. We'll provide possible steps you need to see these improvements. All we ask is that you try them out. Now, here is Dr. Serena Wadwa. Hi, and welcome to today's show. Thanks for joining us today. We are going to talk about a very trendy topic today. And um, my guest today is Dr. Maristella Zell. She is a licensed clinical social worker, um, has a doctorate in clinical psychology. She's an associate professor at Governor State University, where she did a lot of work with putting together mindfulness programs and holistic programs at the university. And she also has over 30 years of um, practicing mindfulness herself. So not only will she be talking from a professional standpoint, but also from a very personal standpoint. So welcome. Thanks for joining us today, Maristella. Thank you. Thank you, Serena. You're welcome. So let's let's just jump right into this because I know a lot of people hear about mindfulness and mm-hmm. you know we're all we're hearing it on the radio and in TV and in the news and stuff. So how how do you describe mindfulness? All right. So so the word mindfulness um, comes from the Sanskrit and broadly translated means awareness, discernment, being observant. Now the popular definition of mindfulness comes from John Kabat-Zinn. And, and in his definition, mindfulness is purposefully paying attention, close attention to whatever happens in the moment without judging, without analyzing, criticizing, or evaluating. I'm pretty sure your listeners are, you know, might be familiar with this definition. And he so, is really... Oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. So when you say that it's like a purposeful um, and non-judgmental kind of awareness is what I'm getting from that description what like you know for listeners that may not be familiar with mindfulness what might what what might be like um that what you know non-judgmental what does that what does that mean well so, so, so let's try to you know to unpack a little bit you know okay. the, and uh this definition explain without so many technical terms <laughs> so um we think of mindfulness as being this heightened consciousness and awareness all right and staying present and engaged in the present moment now, um, in terms of what you just asked me, um, uh, why is it important to stay engaged in the present moment? Well, when we pay attention with, on purpose, right, to what's happening in the moment, we notice at least three things, right? So one thing that we notice is that there is a constant stream of lived experience that goes on and on and on inside of our heads. We have mm. thoughts, numerous thoughts, feelings, opinions, memories, desires. There's a running commentary which is repetitive, and it keeps revolving, 
right? And and it kind of narrows the experience, and it, it, it makes for like an inflexible quality of thinking. I'm sure that um, you know listeners might be familiar with the fact that most of the time in this commentary that we have is either about the past or about the future. So um, you know whatever we said last week to somebody, uh, or how we were offended by somebody's comments, or what happened in the meeting yesterday, or what we will have for dinner. You know, uh, um, and all the things we have to do tomorrow. So part of this, of course, is embedded in the culture, right? We are not a reflective culture. We value doing, not being calm, not being peaceful. So, um, uh, you know, in fact, it's an interesting line uh, that um, Wayne Dyer says, that we should, we should be called human doings, not human beings. <laughs> yeah. that, you know, kind of interesting. And but you know uh, our minds have been this wonderful instrument in problem solving. So so the difficulty is that uh, um, you know uh, uh, in terms of um, you know our actions, our attitudes, our behavior, our choices, in fact, are affected by these internal experiences. We act very much on our thoughts, on our feelings, and our perceptions. Um, I'm sure that you, you might have had experience in the past or whatever, and of being feeling upset or angry. And, and, and you find yourself lashing out at somebody for no good reason. And you kind of ask yourself, my God, well, why am I feeling this way? What's going on with me? So we, we, it is part of like a hidden element in ourselves. Sometimes we cannot even define what is, what is this feeling. Is that anger? Is that fear? So the other thing when we begin to pay attention to the present without this uh, judgment is that we notice that there is like a, a distance um, a quality of distance that, that we have in terms of our experience. We are operating on automatic pilot a lot of the time. In fact, sometimes we, we can like drive to work without even paying much attention. And so we have this ability uh, to get very distracted and, and even seducted, you know, by, by the content of what goes on in our minds. And the other thing that I think is important to mention uh, is that um, we really... Um, we try to avoid painful or unpleasant experiences. And we crave and seek good ones, happy ones. And that's also a recursive, repetitive aspect of our minds. And so, um, you know, we, we, we are also trapped in this tendency to want things to go in a certain way. So, um, you know, I think if, if, uh, if it led to our own devices, we, 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 most of us would want to experience only pleasant things. But oh, yes. of course, you know, um, um, you know, the, 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 that's not the fullness of human experience. So let me let me just interrupt for a minute because you you gave a lot of information there. <laughs> so what what I'm hearing, and, and correct me if I'm wrong with this, is that we have in in our day to day experience right now. We have like these, all these different thoughts, all these different feelings, um, internal sensations, things that are going on, and we're consistently either not paying attention to them or paying too much attention to them that it restricts whatever is actually happening in the present moment. Mm-hmm. Yes, very okay. good. And so the other piece that I heard there is that most of what we think about relates to uh, something that happened in the past, like what you mentioned, you know, we got into an argument with somebody or uh, yesterday's, I think you said a meeting or something. And the word that came to mind as you were saying that, which 
um, you know, I, I kept thinking about, oh, this is like when people worry a lot, they're not, um, uh, they're being restricted in their experience because they're so focused on what they're thinking as opposed to what they're actually experiencing. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, I, th- I think that's exactly what I mean. I mean, we, 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 we kind of get locked and trapped, I guess, yeah. in that experience that is happening, you know, in, in our internal experience inside of our heads. Really. Okay. And we are not really, you know, living in the present in terms of, uh, you know, I mean, the present where life occurs, right? I mean, our relationships are being, are happening in the present. Our, you know, uh, uh, we are, uh, maybe we are working in the garden, maybe we are walking the dog, maybe we are, uh, you know, caring for an ill parent, you know, we are teaching a class. I mean, those, all of those experiences are happening in the present. And when we are locked inside of this internal experience, we are missing. Mm. And we don't have uh, the opportunity also to put our feelings, our fears, our desires, you know, into perspective. So it's really, so mindfulness is really about being uh, engaged and um, fully present with the present. Yes, yes. Okay. You know, I like that word that you use there about, um, you mentioned something to the effect of how we can be seduced by what we're thinking. Right, right. And and I'm curious if you can maybe just talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, you know, I, I interesting. I, 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 uh, the other day I heard someone saying, I love being inside my head. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm a much better company <laughs> than oh other my. people. <laughs> other people are boring. So, so I, I mean, I'm kind of paraphrasing, but what was basically this, you know, the, the, the seductiveness of, of um, you know, the way that, that we engage in hearing ourselves thinking, uh, you know, the, 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 how, how, how the thoughts and what the thoughts are, are, are telling us and the emotions and the, and the feelings and our perceptions. Uh, how uh, how uh, how interesting that becomes to us. How informative. Oh <laughs> yeah, and maybe even misinformative too. Exactly, right, exactly, exactly. Uh, okay. uh, but 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 that takes distance, right? To understand that, to see that. Because uh-huh. I think yeah, one thing that that, that I think we we kind of get engaged with is this idea that um, um, you know uh, uh, we we forget that thoughts, emotions, feelings they come and go. Like everything else in our in our human experience, right? Okay, right. Pleasant thoughts, you know, uh, pleasant events. Everything, everything come. Everything is very uh, transient and transitory. But uh, we forget that, and, and and thought has the quality of enduring. You know, when we get into this repetitive, ruminating, uh, you know, uh, thoughts and and and, and ideas, uh, you know, it, it it gains this enduring quality. Okay, so is that then different than, um, so we're not, well, let me let me see which question I want to ask you, because this is very fascinating. So it sounds like mindfulness is really not, um, you know, putting or paying attention to all the different thoughts that are happening in the moment. Is that accurate? Well, you know, th- there are lots of myths and confusion about mindfulness, what, what mindfulness is and what mindful is not, you know. Okay. And, and I think that, um, um, correct, maybe I'm, I'm not sure if you understood it, but I think one, one way that we think about mindfulness is that is a, is a, is a matter of concentration. Okay. All right. So, uh, or even relaxation, let's say, 
you know. And, yeah. and, and this is, of course, not the whole story. I mean, just like my arms are aspects of my body, but they are not the totality of my body, so concentration is one, is one, is one way of, you know, it's one part of mindfulness. Um, I, I think that we also think about uh, mindfulness as, uh, you know, it's, it's not about stop thinking, right? Mm, okay. So, um, you know, I think that actually people sometimes give up mindfulness practice because they think it's about the absence of thought, and they cannot do that because, of course, it's not, it can be done, you know. Right, because right. Because, again, that's how our minds evolved, Right. So in mindfulness, we talk about developing a relationship with our minds and with our thoughts. So, so you know, um, um, what, what we realize when we are, um, you know, when we spend some time and become curious and, and interested in what is going on in these thoughts, what we realize is that, for one, they're not always accurate. Sometimes they're blatantly false. Right, and uh, again, they have this quality of coming and going. You know, they don't last. Okay. So, so we can't stop thinking. You know, there's just no way we can do that, right? Right. But, but we can take our thoughts and our feelings and our perceptions with a grain of salt, and and you know, as we as we develop a, a different relationship with them, we realize that we, can, you know, what we do is we can handle them better. So it's not about stopping them because they cannot be stopped, but we handle them better. And, so what, and, and the truth that they tell us. <laughs> uh, okay, so what you're saying, because we got to, uh, just uh, quick to summarize before we take a break here, is that basically it's a different kind of relationship that we're having with what we're thinking, what we're feeling, what we're perceiving. Right, right. Great, well, let's hold on to that thought, no pun intended, and we'll be right back after this break. Stay tuned. Right, great, Learn more. Live better. Voice America Health & Wellness. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Take charge of your fitness and take charge of your healthy life. Listen for Be Fit for Life with your host, Chad Austin. Think back over the past week, the past month, the past years. Are you like a lot of other people? Too busy with the kids, work, travel, social calendars, business calendars, the day, the night, this and that. Make the decision to be healthier. Just do it. Chad Austin has made a living from motivating people to stop excuses and make fitness a priority in their lives. Tune in every Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wathwa. If you have a question or comment for the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to drserenawathwa at gmail.com. 
That's drserenawadhwa at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. All right, and welcome back. We're talking with Dr. Maristella Zell uh, on the topic of mindfulness, and and just trying to you know clarify what this what this practice is about, what this means. And you know, right before break, we were talking about how you know mindfulness is about creating a different relationship with you know to summarize it like our experiences and. You mentioned something about how there's also um, like a, another component in mindfulness is this distance um, from our experience. And I, I was curious if you could just maybe provide an illustration or talk a little bit more about that. Right. Maybe I can talk about an, an example here that will, um, you know, sort of um, illustrate better this idea of um, uh, since we cannot stop thinking, <laughs> right. know, it's part of the human, uh, you know, existence. Then, 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 how do we develop this, you know, this different relationship with our thoughts? So, you know, um, you know, I was, was saying that that uh, you know, we we don't stop them, but we can handle them better. We don't. We, we learn not to rely on on thoughts, perceptions, as much, you know, in terms of being truth, our truths. Okay. So. Um, so let's think of an example. Let, let's say that, uh, you know, uh, we have a cruel or, or a critical thought about uh, someone we work with, a colleague. I don't know, you know. So, so, so that thought <laughs> informs our actions and, 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 and informs the way we think about the person. And, and it actually informs something about us, too, all right? So many things could happen in this example, right? We might feel perfectly justified in, in entertaining this critical thought. Right, and and so you know we keep uh, revolving in our minds. I mean, you know, and, and running that commentary that I was talking about before. The person's really incompetent. They, the way that they dress is awful. Uh, they are not a real team player, etc. So you might, we might, you know, keep ruminating on that. Well, uh, that leads us to filter our experiences with that person in ways that reinforce that thought. Right? Then we may uh, find ourselves later on gossiping in the, high, in the, in the hallway about that person <laughs> with somebody else. Right. So, so you know, um, or, or, or we might actually uh, run away from those thoughts and, oh, no, this is too unpleasant. I, I'm not the kind of person. I'm a really nice person. I don't have this kind of thought about others. So mm. in, in that sense, then we cannot accept our experience. We cannot accept ourselves. We cannot accept our thoughts. So, so I mean, I mean, again, I mean, you know, thoughts, you know, feelings, perceptions, as Stephen Hayes says, they are echoes of our history. They're going to be present. They're going to happen. So it's more helpful to accept them and to develop compassion for ourselves in light of the thoughts that they are going to come, you know, regardless of what we like them or not. So, and the other thing that we talk that I think relates to that in mindfulness practice, we talk about acceptance and kindness uh, towards ourselves, but with you know cultivating curiosity. Right? Mm. So, what is this connection between you know my thoughts and my emotions? What my thoughts and my emotions are telling me, and 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 and, and me gossiping about my colleague or avoiding right. him? Let's say that that this leads me to avoiding him for you know. Because I, 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 because you have, have these thoughts thought about, about 
So let me just interrupt for a minute. So what you're saying is that it's like in this example that you're giving, because I think this is really common for many people to experience, yeah. is that, you know, here, like if we're taking this example with a colleague, if there's a colleague that I'm working with um, and I'm having these critical thoughts about them, not only is it going to um, trap me into a certain way of um, behaving around this colleague, like I may not want to know more about them or I may not, you know, talk with them about things. And that may also then what I think the words you use was something similar, like reinforce or something like that, those critical thoughts mm-hmm. about this person. And then I may go and even gossip with somebody else about, oh my gosh, you know, can you believe this person did this or whatever? Mm-hmm. Is that is that what you're talking about? Right, right. And, and you see how, how these are very narrow choices, right? Very, very yeah. Narrow, narrow outcomes. So what, what, what we say is that with my mindfulness practice gives us choices, you know, more oh, choices. Oh, that's great. So, so, so relating to this thought with curiosity instead of running away from it or, or acting out, right? On, right. On the thought is, 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 is that, you know, we, we have many choices. So we might, we might choose that, you know, we are going to actually talk to this person more and get to know them better. I don't know. Or we are, we are going to go out of a way maybe to, to, to engage in a working relationship with them. Or we are going to, uh, you know, uh, maybe poke holes in the story mm. that our thoughts, you know, told us. Yeah. For example. So that's really being more mindful then is being yes. able to open yourself up to those different options. Yes, yes. And what you mentioned is that we do that by, um, I think the words you used were curiosity, Mm -hmm. um, compassion, kindness, Kindness. Mm -hmm. acceptance, I think was Mm -hmm. one as well. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like all these different pieces really play a part in in being more mindful. Right, and it's all part of their judgment, right? Because okay. in the same way that we are judgment of others, we are judgment of ourselves too, right? Including what goes on in our heads, right? I shouldn't be thinking those thoughts. Oh, this is really mm-hmm. me and me. Oh, and, you know, we have judgments about ourselves also. So, so and, that's the judgment part. Okay. And so that's also like something where you were talking about earlier that it can then also lock us into... Um, you know, thinking that we have to constantly monitor what we're thinking because we're not, I'm not, I don't, I'm not a person that criticizes other people. Why am I thinking this way? I need to stop thinking this way. And so then we stay focused on not thinking about criticizing other people. Right, right. You know, I I like to think of the, you know, the the idea of this, you know, this, the two poles, um, um, you know, between one pose being acceptance and the other one being change, mm. and 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 how um, how I think our our maybe human existence <laughs> yeah. and and you know uh, um, human relationships is is always about that. You know, is yes, we we accept who we are because you know again, the, you know our 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 history, our our you know environment, our you know uh, experiences in the world. You know, have, have you created certain certain character, certain characteristics, certain you know, uh, 
you know, so, so accepting, being aware, noticing, being aware, being knowledgeable, and accepting those experiences. But on the other hand, it's also important to, to um, you know, have a sense of what, you know, the hindrances are. Right in the way that we that we uh, are related to others, in the way that we carry ourselves in the world. So then, then the other part of the, of the you know the other the other um, side of the spectrum change. So so I, I think it's important to think about thoughts in their way. We can't change things without accepting them first. I don't think we can. Right? We're talking about that a lot in the helping professions. We have to right. understand what they are first. We have to develop a relationship with them that that is you know kind and, and caring and and understanding. And then, and then we, we can we can then work to you know to 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 modify them. Ah, uh, so it's kind of like that phrase. Um, you can't. What is that? Uh, don't. What is? You can't fix what you don't know is broken. Right. <laughs> Something that's, that's like really that. Good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, like, if your thoughts are not effective, like if they're not you know quote unquote positive, helping you move forward thoughts, and you're not aware of them then like what you said, it's really hard to change those things. Right, 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 right. Do you think... It goes back, I think, to the primacy of, of the mind, right? I mean, and, I mean, the, I mean, our culture puts a lot of emphasis on, on, on their problem-solving yeah. aspect yeah. of what... So somebody doesn't like me. Why is that? What's going on? What did they do? What did they do? And, and right. we'll <laughs> then go right. on, you know, with that, with that, um, with that assumption. Sometimes not even, it's, it's not true, you know. Yeah, but do you also find then that people are sometimes, like in, you know, your own experience, I know that you do this personally, but also, you know, maybe professionally um, with people you've worked with or talked with, do you find that people um, tend to be fearful of what they're thinking? Like, is there, there is some fear with, with what they're thinking, I, I, I think so. I, I definitely okay. think so. I mean, I, I think that um, we, and, and maybe that's, again, it's part of the Western sort of like, you know, mind too, right, that, that we, we attribute a lot to ourselves. You know, failure and success, right? Is it all about us? You know, right. We made it happen. <laughs> right. And we create success or it's all about us. We, you know, this, this is being a failure. So there's a lot of that. So I, I think that fear comes out of that. Okay. Okay. And so, you know, I don't know in your experience when you um, have worked with individuals with that, like how, do, how do you help people? Like if you were to make a suggestion to our listeners in the time we have before break, um, you know, what, what might be a good or an effective first couple steps so far about what we've talked about, like dealing with the fear of our own thoughts or, you know, just kind of being more curious, like what, what might you suggest for listeners? Well, I, w- I would think that we have it to, first of all, become familiar with them. Mm. And I think that, that that is fear already in, in there, right? Because, because again, we can, we, can be, we can be very judgmental, which goes back to the mindfulness practice, right? I mean, the mindfulness practice is, is about understanding those thoughts, and, and really um, not let them, uh, um, you know, convince us that they are so powerful. Thoughts are thoughts. So today mm. we think about, you know, whatever we think about, you know, so let's say that today we have this cruel, critical thought about a, 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 a colleague, okay? Well, suppose that tomorrow accidentally this colleague does something that, you know, that, that uh, whatever, it holds the door for us or, 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 or um, you know, uh, compliments us about uh, our, our research, 
you know, uh, uh, publication or whatever. Well, immediately we begin to like this person. <laughs> so our thoughts ah. change. You know, I mean, for, for, you know, but, but due to a very small little intervention that this person did without even knowing maybe that they were, you know, uh, 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 influencing us in their way. But our, our thought just changed. So, so I, I think that that's an important thing. We have to put things, thoughts in perspective. And this goes for, for feelings and perceptions and assumptions and presuppositions. You know, I, th- I think all of that needs to be put in perspective. And so I think sitting down and paying attention to what arises, you know, is the first step. So really just, so, it, so I heard two things um, in there. One is that really paying attention to what is going on, like your own experience. So right. not, not uh, saying, you know, like, looking at it from, oh, is this good or is this bad? But just kind of noting, like being plain detective, basically. I like that, so being plain detective. So <laughs> plain detective, yeah. So you're kind of like plain detective with, okay, what's going on here? What's, what, what am I thinking? Where's, where's, the, where's the thought at? So you're not really doing any digging. You're just kind of saying, okay, I'm just going to pay attention to what I'm thinking or what's right. going on inside of me. Right, right. And, okay. and this one, as a common practice, uh, you know, when, when we use mindfulness to, to meditate on thoughts, you know, so the mm. one, don't get hooked on the thoughts, because that's the other thing that happens, right? I mean, yeah. when a thought comes up, and, and before we know it, we, we are gone, you know, into thinking about that thinking, that thought, and, and, and completely disengaged from the moment, going back to the moment in the present. So, so the thought has this way of wrapping us up, in itself. Yeah. So well, that's, let's, that's an uh, important... Hmm? I'm sorry. I'm, so, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, I, I think that's a really important concept, just kind of staying connected with the present and not getting wrapped up in the thought. And I want... Uh, we, we just need to take a quick break and we'll be right back to tune into that one. So stay tuned. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. You read about it in health news every day. Cancer rates are going up. Obesity in the U.S. is on the rise. Heart disease and diabetes are top killers every year. We can follow the advice of our doctor, but cravings persist. Weight goes up and energy is still down. It doesn't have to be like this. Tune in for Body Balance Talk with your host, Jeannie Schmidt, along with Lucy and Madeline. You'll learn how you can work with your body to feel better and look better, too. Body Balance Talk airs live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wathwa. If you have a question or comment for the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. 
That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Serena Wadwa at gmail.com. That's Dr. Serena W-A-D-H-W-A at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. All right, and welcome back, listeners. Thanks for staying with us. We are talking with Dr. Zell about mindfulness. And before the break, you know, we were talking a lot about what mindfulness is and what's involved with it, because I don't know if people really um, understand, you know, the, 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 no, the whole experience of it, actually. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, you know, because one of the things that you mentioned before break was that one of the things that mindfulness does is that it allows us to not get so wrapped up in what I'm in what we're thinking, not just what I'm thinking, but what we're thinking mm-hmm. in general. And I'm curious if you can um, talk a little bit more about some of the benefits to mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Like what what can listeners expect if this is something they want to try? Right, right. So, so you know, we we have like you know decades of study now benefits uh, about the benefits of mindfulness and 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 this ability to be aware of what's happening and and in the moment in the present without this, this judgment. And uh, you know, so these practices are becoming more and more integrated in the fabric of our culture. Um, so you know, I you know just just as a, a, a example here, so listeners might be might know that you know the Bulls and the Lakers, the players, um, use techniques to relax, calm, chat in the mind, the chatting mind, to slow down racing thoughts, control stress, improve sleep, and and, and of course perform better in the basketball court. Mm. Uh, I mean, we all seen a great a great player, right? I mean, I think Michael Jordan, this you know the meticulous intention, complete alertness flying to the air toward the basket. Nike shoes alone won't accomplish that, right? <laughs> so, what happens is that when a player is absorbed completely in the activity of the plane, you know, present in deep concentration, centered, experience all parts of their life in their body, you know, clear their emotions, thoughts, intentions, you know, what they are trying to do, then the people play their best. So the idea is that instead of letting there be, you know, uh, this be like a random occurrence, what the coaches have done is, and the players, you know, is, is to make the, that awareness and its total engagement much more purposeful and much more intentional. Mm. So when we can make this, you know, this, 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 this uh, engagement more purposeful and more intentional, that's when we, we reap the most benefits. Mm. Um, I think that, um, you know, going back to what we said about, you know, being the present moment and how mindfulness intersects here with wellness, is that, um, you know, the, the, one, a great benefit of being mindful is, is that we gain clarity, again, about how our thoughts and our emotions influence our well-being, the quality of our lives, the quality of our relationships, in fact. Um, for instance, you know, there, there has been a lot of, uh, uh, you know, studies that um, look into emotion and affect regulation, mm-hmm. which are very important for psychological and interpersonal health. And, and a lot of studies have shown that, um, you know, the usefulness of mindfulness meditation to help individuals uh, adjust, you know, balance their mood, uh, even improving depression. Um, also, uh, research has shown that being aware of your thoughts and your actions as they happen in the here and now breaks the cycle of negativity 
uh, the menopause was experienced, you know, relax our body, increase the self-acceptance. We were talking before about, you know, kindness towards oneself, yeah. uh, decreases stress, enhances functioning. So, you know, um, there's, uh, um, I mean, enormous applications um, uh, in benefits of mindfulness. Um, I think that, that uh, what is it, oh, it's also it's interesting for me that, uh, and maybe this is a part that we don't talk much about uh, in the research, because the research on mindfulness focuses on the brain a lot, the brain functioning and, and how that, you know, how that influences behavior. Right. The thing is that for, for centuries now, the, the heart has actually been considered the center of emotion, current really? wisdom. And, mm. and there's been research on the, on the, on the heart you know, that shows how much the heart influences the, the brain that is in the head, you know, up here. Right. And how they communicate with, all, with each other. And, in fact, it seems like the heart produces more hormones, many more hormones than the brain does. I think, like, the heart produces 60 hormones and the brain produces 11. So what, what wow. are hormones good for? Well, they coordinate the activity of the cells in the body, right? They, they tell the, the cells what they need to do so that things happen in the right place at the right time. Right. So, so um, you know, this, this research has explored the mechanisms by which the heart communicates with the brain and how the heart influences all kinds of thought processes, perceptions, and indeed our own health. So, so you know, in fact, the heart even appears to have the ability to make decisions independent of the cerebral cortex. It's pretty incredible stuff, you know. So, yeah. Um, we, and all of this is very critical to our, our in many things. I mean, deal with stress, making good decisions, keeping a sharp mind. So there's um, lots of benefits that exist, you know, from a from a brain perspective, like what you were talking about, like we have clarity of thought or we have, um, you know, less stress. We have, uh, I think you mentioned or I read somewhere something about sleep or whatnot. Right, right. But, I, but it also sounds like, you know, and this is some, this is maybe some new information like what you were talking about that people don't really know about is how mindfulness can actually also impact the person's um, heart in terms of how it functions and how it um, inputs and outputs different uh, hormones and, you know, works in the body and stuff like that. And I'm curious if, um, you know, if you also think or if you've um, seen research on or just from your own experience even that, you know, a lot of talk has been happening about how there is such a big mind-body connection. And I'm wondering then if you also, from some of what you've talked about, if you also see that there is a, a, a uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, another connection or a deep connection as well with emotions. Like if that's, you know, if we're saying that the heart is the seat of emotions, is that something that can impact a lot of a person's experience as well? Right, right, right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I, okay. I think that, that, that you, you, you hit right in the head. I mean, um, um, you know, what I guess what the research shows is that sustaining certain emotions and certain states of mind Right, particularly yeah. those states associated with mindful awareness, is how we can bring this, uh, you know, a, a, a greater level of coherence between you know, our psychological and our physiological states. So oh. therefore, we gain, you know, greater emotional stability, greater mental clarity. On the other hand, what, is, what the studies also show is that 
foggy states of mind, you know, like, you know, negative emotions or even, you know, lack of emotional uh, self-awareness, you know, when the amygdala gets, you know, hijacked by fear or hatred or even pleasure, immense pleasure, you know, that sort of increases disorder in the rhythms of the heart and affects the nervous systems and indeed affects the, the, the rest of the body, not just the nervous system. Wow. So, so you know, and and and, and it's, it's it's fascinating uh, research, and I think it connects with. Uh, I think what you talk when you talk about body mind, I also think about you know the in terms of wellness, the the, the balance between you know this integration between body, mind, and spirit. Mm. Uh, I like to kind of put the three together: body, mind, and spirit. To to think in terms of balance and and how they related to wellness. Right. Okay. So, um, and and uh, and I don't know if this if, if I'm now going to a direction that you don't want to go, but 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 I, I was thinking how um you know how how um this this awareness you know um you know the the, the way that, that 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 this affects the way that we feel, the way that we act, and and how it has an effect on our health and the health of the whole planet, indeed. Yeah. So um. You know, because you know, in terms of you know, wellness is not just about not being sick. It's not just about the absence of disease, right? right. Because because we we know that even when, when people are not ill, physically speaking, they might still be depressed, anxious, lonely, dissatisfied. Right. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So 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 this balancing aspect here, you know, is that we can we can be physically ill, but working towards healing, engaging in action that moves towards wellness. You know. So, so mindfulness is, 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 is one, one way to, to accomplish that. Well, and that's really interesting that, you know, you say that too, because it sounds like, I mean, and this is something that I've mentioned to clients, because mm-hmm. when you talk about like mindfulness being very much aware of your your experience, uh-huh. you know, and, and what I tell my clients kind of in a, in a serious and joking manner at the same time that, you know, awareness can be both a blessing and a curse <laughs> that, I mean, uh-huh. because if you think, I mean, like what you're saying, there are so many benefits to being aware of what's going on with us. And at the same time, I mean, from, as you were talking, what I was thinking about was how, you know, if, if I'm aware of what's going on inside of me and what's happening around me, and I'm able to understand how those things are impacting my behaviors, mm-hmm. then it sounds like, you know, being mindful really gives you a lot more information to work with. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you made such a great point there because... Um, you know, I, in fact, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about this little cautionary note about oh, mindfulness. Okay. So, you know, I, we were talking about before, uh, before the break, you know, how mindfulness is such an ubiquitous part of the culture now, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And, but th- there is a critique that is, you know, uh, comes from those um, concerned that this proliferation of mindfulness application might turn mindfulness into just like a self-help technique, like a self-help uh, trend, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, so I, I have some of those concerns myself that, you know, in yeah. terms of the mindlessly uh, application, you know, and, and the ramifications right. for all of us. So, you know, this idea that, you know, if you just, you know, do this, you know, mindfulness things, A, B, C, and D, you're going to be great, you know. And, 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 and. And, and because that is part of what is, is a slice of awareness that, that, that we, that we begin to exercise. But, but, just to talk about another example, 
Like, for example, they talk a lot about the integration of mindfulness practice in corporate settings, the business world, right? Okay. And there is this professor, his name is Ronald Purser. He's at San Francisco State University. And he's written a lot about this idea of uh, institutionalized suffering. So, you know, greed, mm. delusion, you know, about what's good for society, for communities, for families, that, that goes on in the business world. I mean, you all, we all witnessed the, you know, the um, uh, uh, Wall Street, uh, you know, uh, um, I forgot the name, oh my God, what was the name of the movement now that we had just... Uh, oh, the so, Occupy Wall the Occupy, Street. Yes, yes, Occupy Wall Street and the Occupy movement. And, and it's really interesting because, um, you know, we've, we've all heard about, you know, mindfulness to help employees become more productive, placate discontent, you know, so people can work more, can adapt better, you know, oh, as opposed yeah. to cultivating insight into the yeah. dysfunctional, sometimes toxic, suffering-inducing, you know, workplaces and, and, ah. and, and systems that are part of our workplaces. So, so you know, Purser and, and you know, Dr. Purser and others, they, they, they caution these, you know, these settings to not reduce, you know, mindfulness to just, you know, uh, uh, stress reduction and, and to not put the burden on the employees, on the individual, right. you know, because that certainly will create an imbalance, right? An imbalance not only in the individual and the employee, but also in society, also in our communities, also in our planet. So, um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that speaks to what you were talking about, that, yeah. the, you know, greater awareness is right. not, you know, when you talk about not being judgmental, well, I like the kind of mindfulness practice that has an ethical purpose to it, an ethical sense. Right. So, you know, I mean, we sometimes we talk about, you know, right and wrong mindfulness, not in a moral sense, but in an ethical sense, right? So, you know, I mean, society has enormous complexity, right? I mean, we, we, we have, you know, what appears to be intractable social and environmental problems, lots of individual suffering that comes with these problems. Uh, our political systems appear to be quite ineffective, you know, in dealing with those things. Um, again, corporate greed, you know, destroys families, sometimes entire communities. It's genocide, hunger. I mean, I could go on and on and on and on. So, you know, we, we, and we, can, feel, we can feel a sense of fatigue, right? We don't oh, want to yeah. be mindful because that, you know, quite frankly, we, we might get into a whole level of despair that we don't want to feel, you know. So, so, so but there is tremendous need to pause, to become aware, to develop a greater focus and greater, you know, mental clarity so that we can come into this full, in full connection, full integration with our complexion and creativity, you know, to resolve it, to tackle these problems, you know, and not, and not to make them worse. So, so I don't know if that speaks to what you're talking about. Yeah, and that's really interesting that you bring that up because, you know, I... I that's new information for me that there are that there is research out there that cautions about using mindfulness as you know just so kind of reducing things. it yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. reducing it to this oh you know it's like deep breathing you could do this <laughs> and then you're better okay. and it's yes, yes. and it sounds like what you're saying is that we we don't want to do that you know that this is a practice this is something that ta- there's an investment in this or, or let's say we don't want to do just that. that, okay. that, that, that I, I understand that, 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 that people want to not to feel stressed. People want to, you know, right. to feel good. I, I understand that. And I understand the potential to that, too. But, but, but I think that mindfulness has a greater potential to transform us as human beings. 
Oh, you know, yeah. Because it demonstrated, you know, that we have multiple intelligence. When, you know, Daniel Goldman talks about multiple, you know, rational intelligence, intuitive intelligence, emotional intelligence, gut intelligence, you know. Yeah. But we need to harness, you know, all of them if we are going to solve our, our you know, uh, incredible problems, personal, societal, historical, you know. So, so we need that kind of quality of awareness. Well, and that leads to a question that I have for you, because, you know, I know in the introduction I had asked you, or I had mentioned that you have been practicing mindfulness for over 30 years. Mm-hmm. And and I'm curious if you can, you know, maybe just a, a couple of minutes, just talk a little bit about how you got involved. You know, you talked about how mindfulness can really transform. And I'm wondering if you can speak a little bit to your own experience of what it's done for you. Right, and, and interrupting if I go too long here, okay? But, uh, oh, no, that's so, right. So, in, you know, and, and, and just to uh, make it a little broader, I, I call my practices contemplative practices because I engage not only mindfulness but in other kinds of meditation. Okay. I am a, lo- a, li- a, long, a long-time practitioner of, of, of meditation, and I, I come from a, a family and a culture of seekers. I'm, so I'm from Brazil. And uh, my mother actually taught me and my brother uh, how to meditate when I was 15. I'm 52 oh, now. So, um, so when I was 15, she, you know, she taught me her, her, her tradition of meditation. And, and you know, uh, eventually when I was 19, 20, I found my own spiritual path. And, and you know, it's, I, I practice up to this day and includes daily meditation, uh, dialogue practices, weekly group meetings. Um, and I've been practicing this method, this method, like I said, for over 30 years. And uh, um, I, um, I didn't come to mindfulness until like about 20 years ago when I met my husband, who was himself, you know, working to cultivate, you know, a way of, um, you know, awareness and, and also integrate mindfulness in his clinical practice. He's, he's a psychologist. So, you know, I, I have endeavored to, to, to do the same, to integrate mindfulness in my, in my clinical work and in, and in my, um, you know, in my, uh, in my uh, work as a professor of social work. So, uh, is that what you're asking me, Serena? Like, yeah, yeah. So, so is, you know, I, I have, so I guess what I'm saying is that I have formal and informal practices, which I, you know, usually I recommend to people that, that they engage in both. You know, so my more formal practices is what I'm is what we talk about. You know, the, the meditation. I meditate every day. You know, for a half hour. Some wow. days I don't, but it's a rare occurrence. Um, I I practice all the kinds of you know uh, more informal. Uh, I I also go into retreats every year, and again I have a a, a group uh, meditation once a year. Uh, I'm sorry, once a week. And I also have more what I call informal, you know, uh, uh, meditation practices. And I practice mindful eating. You know, that is something very, very important. And if, if, we, if only we had time, I would talk more about the research in terms of, uh, you know, the uh, uh, mindful eating and the connection between brain, heart, and gut. But we don't have time. Some other talk maybe <laughs> some other <Yes>. day. <laughs> but uh, but um, so um, I also practice, uh, you know, something that I call sustainable living. You know, I mean, again, it's kind of like what you said before. When we become aware, you know, we can't, we can't hide. You know, we cannot right. see things anymore. So our responsibility to, to um, you know, to, to save the planet, really, and, and to make the planet, you know, the Earth, a livable place for everybody. You know, so, so practicing sustainability and sustainable living, you know, is, is, is a mindful way of, of, of being, too. Um, let's so, see. Let me I, I just... I, 
I'm sorry. Let me just, that's okay. I, let me just interrupt for a minute. So for you, it's really mindfulness has really been to some extent a way of life for you. Yeah, I, I think you could say that. Yes, I, I strive to that. You know, I don't know that I achieve that 100%, but I, de- I don't think anybody does. But I think that that is, we, we, we strive for that. Yeah. And is it, do you find that, like, so for individuals who practice mindfulness or who want to um, become more mindful or develop you know, this, this, I don't know if we call it a skill or a, a discipline, um, maybe <laughs> a discipline. A I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A discipline. So, you know, is it, is it, is it necessarily, does it have to be, um, rat this kind of, um, uh, way of life, so to speak, or, or can people like dose it out a little bit in different areas? I think people should dose it up a little bit in different ah. areas. And, 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 and I would say start small. You know, oh, I don't great. encourage anybody to sit down and, 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 and meditate for a half hour if they never did that before. I say right. start to two minutes, three minutes, maybe. Okay. Most, and then gradually increase it to five Okay. And then gradually, you know, I, I mean, you know, just, just don't have a goal. I mean, going to my, in a week, I'm going to be meditating for a half hour every day. No, I, I think that that's, that's really not, not a, a, a very practical uh, way of, 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 of uh, trying to start the practice. I also think it needs to feature one's lifestyle. And, and in fact, you know, build on one's strength. So let's say, you know, some people like to wake up early. You know, let's right. say, you know, some people are, you know, they, 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 they are what they call morning people, right? They wake up early and, and, and it's great because there is, you know, silence in the house and in, in the area. So you can, you know, go into do your, your, your short meditation practice in the morning. Some people, you know, they have kids, they have whatever, you know, they, it's just impossible for them to, to practice in the morning. So they, they, they set out to them, you know, to practice their meditation and, you know, their mindfulness meditation in the evening. You know, so so you, I, I think you need to find ways that you're going to stay committed, and so you have to be practical, building your own strengths, and and it has to be in concordance with with your lifestyle. And then there are the formal practices, right? I mean, Thich Nhat Hanh talks a lot about that. Right. Um, Vietnamese monk that that is, is very popular in our in, in the U.S. Uh, so you know, he talks about you know, like let's bring your our attention, you know, to what we eat. You know, mm. uh, uh, washing the dishes, uh, you know, while we drive in the car, uh, brush, you know, uh, brushing our teeth, you know, so, 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 so the little, uh, you know, train our attention to, to, to be, you know, fully aware of the, of the, you know, the, the minute things that occur in our day. Because our day is, is, is made of multiple, you know, little choices, right? We choose to right. get up. We could stay in bed, but we could choose to get up. <laughs> right, right. So even days. like, like even for like in this moment, like somebody could be listening to the ending of this show and and start to be mindful for the couple of minutes that we have left in terms of what am I thinking? What am I feeling? What, you know, where am I paying attention to? Let me just put all my focus on the conversation that's happening and and things like that. Is that kind of what? Right, right, right. I think, I think you, you, you got to, you know, that's, I really like the way that you put it because it's about really de-automatizing our living. You know, I think mm. there's a beautiful uh, quote here, if I can just say, in the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. In the expert's mind, there are very few. So for <laughs> me, this quote is sort of like a sense of not taking things for granted. 
that yeah. the sun is going to shine, that my partner is going to be, is going to wake up at my, you know, by my side in the morning, that he will enjoy my physical and mental abilities forever, you know, uh, that I would make through not die, you know. So yeah. just not, not taking things for granted and, and, and really, even, even the brush of one's teeth, you know. Okay. Well, in the time that we have left, we only have about 30 seconds before we need to close, but I'm uh, wondering if you, if, if there's listeners that want to hear more and they want to get in touch with you, mm-hmm. um, what contact information can they reach you at? Uh, so uh, they can reach me. Uh, I can give them my, um, perhaps my, uh, I suppose my, they can go to my website, which is not really updated, but I think you also give them my, my, um, maybe my email at the university. That might be the best way to do it. Is that, is that acceptable? Yeah, you can give them whatever contact information you want. All right. So let's start with my email at the university, which is M as in Mary, Z as in zebra, E as in elephant, double L as in Larry, so MZL at G-O-V-S-T dot E-D-U. So that and is my um, uh, email address at the university. My website is just maristellazell.com. Great. And so listeners, if you have questions or uh, want more information about mindfulness, please contact Dr. Zell and she will be able to help you out with that. So thanks so much for coming on the show Thank today. You I really enjoyed it and hopefully um, you know listeners got some information about what mindfulness is and how to start and listeners join us next week as we talk with Dr. Sherry All who will talk about cognitive wellness so thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week thanks again for making the first of hopefully many changes this week by tuning in to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time. Dr. Serena Wadwell hopes that you'll join her again next Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great week. Music.